And when you cup your hands like this, right, no one can hear you behind you. No one can hear you to the side. Well, the guy next to you heard it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the greatest hour of your holiday season. It's under the radio. With me as always, my friend and yours, Econ. Hello, my friends. Your friend and mine, Am I better than getting $150 off a MacBook Pro? That is the question. Yes, you're better than that. Are you getting the MacBook Pro for $150 off? No, I was just thinking about like the best hour of the holiday season. And for some people, it's probably like <laughs> catching a sweet deal on a laptop. So I just I hope I can beat that bar. What do we call this? The, the, yeah, yes, we're, we're going to beat that bar. We're going to beat the $150 off. $150 off a MacBook Pro. I mean, it's a good deal. I, I, I endorse that deal, but it's still, it's still a MacBook Pro. It's still going to cost you a little bit, you know? If you know an educator, don't you get a .edu discount? Yes, and my wife now works at my wife works at the school, so we're starting to get the discount on nice. so much stuff. Very helpful, very good. She's never home anymore, which isn't so good because she's coming home all tired and stuff, and I'm all tired and stuff, and you know. But still, it's we get the discount, so that that's good. Ian, poor Ian's got to cook dinner now. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I got to make beds and stuff. It's okay. Like, I, 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 I could, I, you know, gotta help, gotta help out now. And then, and then we have a, a cleaning lady who comes once a week and she walked in today and she just looked white as a ghost and like, didn't look well. I was like, Agnes, what are you, what are you doing? You, are you okay? And like for like a year and a half, she was wearing a mask. And then she came to me and she was like, Hey, is there a way that I don't have to wear the mask anymore? I don't wear it anywhere else I work. And I was like, okay. You know, cause we still haven't gotten COVID. Like we're the unicorns. In our family. Oh, we do, we do, I just got we just got it a month ago. You win. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And so uh, I, I was like, and she was like, I can leave. I will leave. I was like, yeah, you probably need to leave. So then I called my wife who was getting ready to give tours at the school. And she was like, oh, no, no, no. And I was like, did I do the wrong thing? She said, you did the right thing, but oh, no. So she was like, you need to make all the beds. You need to clean up the kitchen. I was like, I'm going to do all that. <laughs> wow, this is crazy, man. <laughs> Poor Agnes. I know. I'm worried that Agnes will be fine, and she she's good. She's good. It sounds like she just lost twenty percent of her income. No, she's okay. Right. She's okay, and and you know she'll no she she gets we we take good care. We take good care. We're very grateful to her. Anyway, that's not what the show's about. <laughs> Give me your number. We'll put we'll put it out on the show if anyone needs a cleaning lady. <laughs> no, in the greater no, New York dude, area. no. She's like she's she was she was delighted. She was like, I can leave. I'd be happy to take the day off. I was like, okay, yeah. She was like, great. Bye. See you next week. <laughs> so she was pretty Oh, happy. I thought you fired her. God, no way. Like she's not going to wear a mask anymore, so you can't clean this no, up. No, 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 no. I just don't. No, it just feels like COVID is. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But anyway, all right. No, she's all good. Everyone's good. Everyone's happy. Well, what's going to happen well. next week? It's She'll be better, and then everything will be fine. And then my wife will not be annoyed at me. But either way, it's nice to be back on the, on the air with you two gentlemen. It is December 8th, Thursday, December 8th, and it's great to be back with you guys. I agree. I was letting DVR talk because he hasn't talked yet. As is tradition. That was your natural opening. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be back with you guys. And I'm looking out the window right now. It's bright and early here in California. It's like a little after 7 a.m. Got a nice sunrise. You know, in the time we've done this show, many of the episodes have been in Wisconsin. A bunch were in my first apartment in California. And only a handful have been in my new apartment in California. Yeah. And when we recorded in the old California apartment, if we did the early morning record... It didn't even matter if it was summer, winter, what time of year it was. It was just dark in there. 
But now, I've got this beautiful natural light, and it just changes my mood in the best ways. There you go. Look at that. A little sunrise. A little sunrise will make the, make the sun shine inside. It's good, man. That's beautiful. Yeah, you moved. You did the big move. Smart play, man. Smart play. Yeah. California suits you, Diver. Yes, without question. Yeah, I think Definitely. so. Never leave. Uh, California, man, California suits everybody. Honestly, I mean, I love my, I love where I live. I love the world, but the the years in California were some of the, really the favorite years of my life. It was like, it, I don't know. It's just, it's just a different vibe out there. It's just really, really nice. Right, let's get to it. Baseball. Here we go. Uh, I don't know. You want to start with Aaron? This is under the radar. We're going to start with Aaron Judge. We can do that. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. He took, he took the job away from some poor young Yankees prospect. Uh, DVR, what do you think about the Aaron Judge before? And I want to hear what you guys think because I know what I think. The more I've thought about this, the more it is going to go down as a truly legendary bet on myself situation because the the seven-year extension that he was offered back in the spring before this incredible 2022 season, that was a good offer. Clearly, it wasn't the best possible offer because he went out and had this great season and got a lot more. But it's kind of like the baseball equivalent. If you're rolling in jeopardy and you make your daily double, a true daily double, you bet it all. Yeah. And you hit and you just take a massive lead. Like That's, that's what Aaron Judge did. And I think there are so many things in this world that get me geeked out. And people betting on themselves and winning in the biggest possible way is one of those things. So... Good for him. And then just going back to the Yankees, I know it looked for a brief moment at least <laughs> that he was going to the Giants. We'll, we'll never forget Arson Judge. I, I swear to God, I will never forget that. I hope someone names their child that. Is there a Roto shirt? There has to be, right? I know he mocked one up. I actually didn't click through to see if it was for sale. It was the, the meme of the little girl looking at the house on fire, but it was, but it was judge, judge in the place of the girl. <laughs> yeah, that's one. So I don't know that's if he's actually John Heyman, it. man. He, John Heyman will never live this one down. I think people forget about it. He should just left it up and be like, "Oh man, that's that's my all time favorite typo." Like I, I am like, you got you to laugh at yourself when you do that. I don't know. That's a typo for me as much as it's the he's going to San Francisco. Why he deleted it though? Factual inaccuracy, not the not the arson part. But the arson part made it funny enough to leave it up. But I understand it. It undermines his own credibility. It really does. I mean, that was a bad, that was that was terrible. That was a really bad 15 minutes. And you combine that with the Time Magazine article where he's talking about how annoyed he was. And there was one other thing that I was like, he's going to San Francisco. What? And I talked, did I talk on the show about going to the playoff game? I don't know that I did. Did I tell you guys what happened at the playoff game? It's been a while. I don't think you have. Oh, wow. It was so cool. Should I... I'll tell it when it gets to my part, but it, it it's your really, part. Really cool. Go, man. Go. You can't just tease something <laughs> like that. Okay. All right. So um, Ben and I got tickets. My son Ben and I got tickets for the Yankees. It was game four. God, I can't remember who they were playing. Um, Let's say the Indians. In the Indians. It was the Indians. Uh, the, the, Guardians, the Guardians. Guardians. Excuse me. Sorry. See what I did? Oh, great. Totally. Here we go. Here comes the now DVR. You gotta, here come the text messages. DVR, no. you got to delete when I said Indians, please. No, no. Timestamp it. DVR. No, I'm going to John. I'm gonna not be John Heyman about it. I'm going to just call the Guardians. So the Guardians uh, were there, and we got tickets in row C, whatever it is, the third row. Yeah, secrets in the walls money, right? Well, no, it wasn't that expensive. It was like 100 bucks a ticket for game four. And I bought it like at the right moment where the Yankees had just 
They had just won game two, I think, and they were up two nothing. So game four was all of a sudden was like, well, you know, blah, blah. I was like, I want game four. And um, we got tickets. We get to the stadium. It's a Thursday night. And I'm like, wait a minute, we're in the front row. And it was just the way the stadium is built out. It was the front row between first base and the right field line, literally 20 feet from Judge. So I'm sitting there with my son. And it was the day where the rain was coming. And it was that horrible day where... Like they kept us at the stadium till like 945 at night and they said, we're going to start the game and start the game. And then they finally canceled it. And I was like, this is the worst experience I could possibly have had. I was so pissed <laughs> off. And like Ben was starting to complain and it was like, just, it was awful. It was like that, that like your nightmare scenario at a ball ballpark where you're just like eating food and getting wet. And it was just terrible. And, and we like, anyway, so we come back the next night and I was like, I don't even want to go. And Nicole's like, you're going. And I was like, all right, I'm going. So we get there and I'm like, well, that is front row and we're 20 feet away. And I've told the story about Pedro Martinez where I was in the front row and I covered my hands like this. And I was like, hey, P, is it up? Is it down? Remember, I think I did that the first year of the show. Yes, that is an all time great moment on the show. <laughs> it, is, it is a moment on the show, which I'm still waiting to meet Pedro Martinez. I'm going to go, hey, P, P, is it up? Is it? And he's going to his eyes are going to flip around. I want so to 20- be there that day so badly. <laughs> I want to I'm witness tw- that. I would I'm put 20. 20- heckling Phil Nevin is my number two for. Heckling Phil Nevin, there was no heckle. There was there was love to Phil Nevin. There was, hey, Phil, congratulations on your son being called up because he had just been called up and I got a free ball for my kid. Anyway, so I'm sitting there in the front row and I start having this conversation with Judge for the entire game. There's nobody between me and Aaron. Judge. I called him Aaron like he's my guy now. And I just started out by saying, because the Yankee fans had booed him the game before because he struck out like four times. And so I just I covered, did this, and he could hear me. He's 20 feet away from me, and I have an actor, you know, theater voice. And I just started talking to him, and I said, I want to just thank you because being able to watch you all these years, it's not the home runs I want to thank you for. It's how you've carried yourself and how you've shown our kids, my son right here, how to play the game the right way. And you do a little head nod, right? Game goes on. I'm really careful to, like, only talk like in moments where there's like a break in the action. Like I don't want to do it like right as a pitch comes and like screw him. And then I said to him in like the sixth inning, I said, and one thing I want to tell you is I know there are a lot of Yankee fans that if you leave are going to be really mad at you. But just from this Yankee fans perspective, just know that I know that you've given so much more to this franchise than this franchise has given to you. He nods his head, taps his heart two times and keeps looking forward, right? So we talk, and then I said to him, so if you leave, I want you to remember that not every Yankee fan hates you. The guy who's on the other side of the aisle turns to me and says, what the hell are you saying that to him for? Shut up, man. And I was like, I just want him to know that, like, you know, I appreciate him and that he's my favorite Yankee of all time. He's like, don't give him permission to leave. I was like, well, I'm giving him permission to leave. So the game keeps going and I talked to him. And at the end of the game, I said to Ben, I was like, record judge. So at the end of the game, Judge turns to us and waves his hands and smiles at us. Then, uh, no, he goes in, hugs Bader, turns to me and Ben and waves at us, like flips the glove and then runs in. I looked at Ben. I was like, that's the greatest. And I wanted to go back to the next series. My wife's like, you can't go back. So how can you go back? I got to talk to my friend, Aaron. Right. No, she was like, it will never be as good as it just was. Like, what are you going to do? You're just going to screw it up. Like, you, you can't make it any better than that. And if it's his last game that you ever see him at. You know, he'll remember you forever. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And so we didn't go back to the Astros. And I was like, we're going to lose anyway, because those Astros are so much better than us. So anyway, that's what happened. 
on the Aaron Judge thing. So I'm seeing this and I'm like, <laughs> Ben, my son is like, why did you tell him that? Because there was that minute where it looked like he was going to the Giants. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't have told him that. You know, there was a, he did an interview where he's like, the guy who played Marty Decker wouldn't shut up when I That's was right. Yeah. That. No, yeah. no, I told this story to one friend of mine. He goes, you, you really don't believe that you have had anything to do with any of this. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't believe I had anything to do with this. But I do believe that I had a ridiculously joyful experience with Aaron Judge and what felt like the last time that I was going to see him play in person in a Yankee uniform. I really, I really thought he was going to leave. I thought he was going to go back to, to San Francisco. As a Yankee fan, I am over the moon, man. And, you know, is it going to be a Miguel Cabrera, Albert Pujols situation? I don't know. Maybe. It, it might be in the last couple of years. But I actually think, I don't think he will. I think he's a better athlete than both of those guys. Um, just just body build. But he's also giant. So, you know, it could hurt. But the idea of him leaving the Yankees would have just been heartbreaking, man. I mean, it would have been... Just so sad. I think it's fair. I think nine years, $360 million. He's paid like the best player in baseball. He is the best player in baseball right now. As DVR said, he bet on himself. And it's fair. I think it's fair. I think it's what you got to pay the guy. And now he's captain, which he should be. And he goes down. Like my younger brother was on the phone with me the night, that the day of. And he's like, you realize if, if Judge leaves, he's, you know, Andy Pettit's a better Yankee than him. And I was like, no, he's not. And he's like, yeah, he is, because he won five championships or four championships and Judge didn't win any championships. And I was like, that's so sad. So sad. But now he goes down in the Pantheon. Like, he he has the potential. He's got to win at least one, if not two. But then he goes, you know, there's, there's <laughs> you know, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Mickey Mantle, Joe DiMaggio, Derek Jeter, Aaron Judge, Mariano Rivera. Don Mattingly? We're going to skip Don Mattingly? No, nah, I skipped it. I, I take Judge over Mattingly personally. I, I do. I do. I, But I'm 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 such a sucker, man. I'm I wonder a, who's I, played more games through this season of theirs. Judge or Mattingly? Mattingly. Yeah. Mattingly. Because yeah. Mattingly played for 11 seasons. No, no I mean like through he, their age 29. You know what I mean? Uh, like Because Mattingly was hurt a lot. Yeah. No, Mattingly didn't get hurt till Mattingly got hurt. I guess till the end. You're right. Yeah, he didn't get hurt till he got hurt. Because I grew up, I you know, I was a Yankee fan in the '80s when they were, you know, when Steve Kemp was playing first base. If any of you remember who Steve Kemp is, um, it, you know, it was really bad. It was some really bad years in the '80s, certainly the late '80s. But no, nah, that that's that's my take on it. I'm thrilled beyond thrilled, and and then double thrilled that Xander Bogarts left the Red Sox. I am just pillaring <laughs> Wilson Caraman this morning with text messages and gifts of just like laughter. Because Mookie Betts is gone, and now Xander Bogarts is gone, and you know you have Verdugo, so that's good. So it's it's yeah, kind of fun to be a Yankee fan today and and give take a little bit of the piss. Bogarts, that was a strange move for a lot of money. Yes, easy easy wise play, but but Nando, do you like the Judge? And then we'll go to Bogarts. No, I actually kind of like the idea of Judge going to the Giants. I'm a Yankees yeah. fan. I just thought it. I don't know. Seemed cool. Hmm. He looked good in those mockups. He did look good, and he looked really good in the in that uniform. But no, man. I mean, the night before, Ben, my son, going to sleep, said, "Dad, do we have to become Giants fans now?" And I said, "Do you want to?" And he said, "No." And I said, "Okay, we'll we'll be Yankee fans and Aaron Judge fans, and we'll watch Aaron Judge hit." And he said, "Okay, let's do that." And then when he got home yesterday from school, he was like, "What's the deal? Is he is he there?" I said, "Yeah." 
He said, how long? I said, nine years. He was like, what? <laughs> so he gets to know that for the rest of his childhood, he's going to get to go to Yankee Stadium and see Aaron Judge play right field for the New York Yankees. It's awesome. I'm so happy about it. I'm really like over the moon happy about it. That's it. Go ahead, Diver. I love this, though. I, I just think it, as cool as it would have been to see him play in San Francisco, it's home for him, closer to home, and and see the possibility of, of that franchise maybe get back to its winning ways of the last decade. I realize they were good two years ago, but when you look at their roster, you have a ton of questions about how good they're actually going to be in 2023, especially when you think about the Dodgers still being the Dodgers and the Padres. What are the Padres? How did the Padres get Xander Bogarts? Of all the things the Padres could have done this offseason, Getting Xander Bogarts on an 11-year contract is not how I saw that going. This, <laughs> right, right? this change in the Padres, the Padres spending like they're the Red Sox, like they're the Cubs, spending at that high level is awesome. I awesome. think it's proof that more teams can spend this way. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's great for the players, but it's better for the fans. They didn't need Xander Bogarts, though. Yeah, but they get but they get Xander Bogarts on a pretty good deal, man. That's yeah, a pretty it, he's going to be forty one or forty one. People talk about how old Judge is going to be. Bogarts is going to be forty one or forty two at the end of this. So he'll play third base, or he'll play he'll play second base. Yeah, there are a lot of forty two year old third basemen in the league right now. Yeah, but he's a good player, man. Xander Bogarts no, is not good baseball. He's yeah, like he he's like two eighty eighteen home runs. He's he's not a great fantasy player, but he's a better baseball player. DVR would know better than me, but I I, I feel like his WAR is pretty good, man. Yeah, there's there's a really steady real life value on Bogarts yeah. year over year. That's at that level that seems to age better, right? There's a certain yes. level players reach where they're like a four or five WAR player or better, and they age exceptionally well. And I wonder if that's what we're seeing, right? I mean, because Bogarts. Trey Turner, it's not the money. The money always goes up. That's just how economics of pro sports work. I don't have any issues with that. I want players to get paid. The years, teams being willing to carry players into their late 30s and early 40s, that's the surprising part because I thought the consensus among the people in the front offices was just that after age 35, age 36, you wanted no part of having players on your roster, no matter how good they are in their late 20s when you sign them. And I'm glad that that shift is happening. I'm glad that we have different teams, at least with some different philosophies, saying, I don't care about 8, 9, 10, 11 years from now. I want to win now. That's and this is what it takes. the whole point of this game is to win now, right? So if you're a Yankees fan or if you're a Phillies fan or you're a Padres fan and you win a even just one World Series between now and the end mm-hmm. of any of these long-term deals that your team just signed this winter, you should be ecstatic. And I say this as someone who roots for a team that has never won a World Series. But that's that's the thing. That's what you that's what you're a fan for, right? Is to watch your team play at the highest level and win. So if if this is the signing, if any of these moves are the signing that puts your team over the top, be overjoyed by that. Even if that is a risky move and it goes wrong. Even if in the Rangers case, right? The Jacob deGrom thing. The Rangers being the team to get Jacob deGrom Still somewhat surprising to me, less surprising because they went out and got Seager and Simeon last year and showed, yeah, we're going to spend like a big team again because we can do that. And they get their new stadium. That all makes sense. Jacob deGrom is the ultimate high risk, high reward proposition. You have no idea how many innings you're actually going to get. You can try and model it, but how, how many innings? This is, this is the question going around. I know Jason Stark and, and Doug Glanville were talking about it on the Athletic Baseball Show. In five years, 
how many innings do you expect Jacob deGrom to pitch for the Rangers? It's a great question, but I think about it more in terms of if he's only healthy for three and a half seasons out of five, right? Let's say he misses one year with some kind of major injury, which would suck, and nagging stuff knocks him out for their half season. But in the three and a half seasons we see him pitch, if the Rangers are a playoff team again, yeah. and maybe they win an AL pennant or win a World Series, you don't care about the time that he missed if they get up to that level, if they level up because of him. And he's really fun to watch when he's healthy. So you can be a Rangers fan that's upset that it's $185 million over five years, or you could be a Rangers fan and say, we just got the best pitcher in baseball when he's healthy, and maybe in a new organization with new coaches and new new medical personnel, maybe they actually have throwing programs and things he does that keep him healthier. It's at least possible. I think it's brilliant. I had said Jacob deGrom to the Rangers, I think somewhere I said it publicly too, because I believe that was the most obvious place. Because if you spend $500 million on middle infield, you've got to back up that investment, man. You can't just be like, well, we've got Simeon and we've got Seager and no pitching. Now you have, like, like DVR just said, the best pitcher in baseball. Period. Best pitcher in baseball when healthy. Um, most dominant. I mean, was the ERA was in the ones last year again and the year before. It was just absolutely dominant. I have a good friend of mine, Chris Dolan, who's a Mets fan, who is like, no, it's good for us. It's good for him. It's good for everybody. Great. Cool, cool, cool. But if I'm a Rangers fan, like your team is trying to win baseball games. Like your team is trying to be good. And then you can get other players to come. I think the Trey Turner deal also is phenomenal. I love that trade. I mean, I love that. I, I, I actually think he should have gone to San Diego, but there was an example of a guy who wanted to stay closer to home. So he took less money to go to Philadelphia. I mean, can you imagine being the Nationals, having to face Bryce Harper and Trey Turner, you know, and it, it's just... <laughs> they got C.J. Abrams, man. They're good. Yeah, I love C.J. Abrams. Love I mean, C.J. You know, Abrams. But, um, yeah, I do. I really do love C.J. Absolutely. I'm getting like, he's obsession level now. Oh, is he really? Well, his value hasn't ah. risen. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, everyone was sweating him so hard last year. And, like, you look at the early ADP, and you're like, wow, man, CJ Abrams is, like, maybe 100 spots lower than he should be. And so now I'm, it's just slowly attaching myself to him. He's a Nando guy and a late DC target we're going to get to. And I'm very excited to talk about CJ Abrams. Always like talking about CJ Abrams. In the four years of doing this show, I think that is the prospect I've talked the most about. Um, I love CJ Abrams. But but so Degrom, I love it. I I love it. I think it I I think it turns Texas into a real baseball team, and they should be a real baseball team. And they can build around that with Nate Lowe. You know, you got now you got Lowe, you got Simeon, you got Seager, you've got Degrom, you've got Jonah Heim, which I like Jonah Heim. You know, and if they can if they can catch a little lightning in a bottle with a little Bubba Thompson or Leody Tavares, Adolis is for real. Adolis is for is is quote for real. You know they they have a team. They have a, they have the beginnings of a team, and so I I like it a lot. Nando, do you like the the pickup of Degrom for Texas? Yeah, I love it. And they they just got uh oh man Andrew Heaney yesterday or today. Yep. Oh, that's right. Two year deal, right? Yeah, and I mean like this is their issue it was their rotation kind of was lackluster. I guess the last couple of years because they had these bats coming through the system that were great. Uh, and then I think they, they traded Hans Kraus to Philly, and he was like their guy who was going to be that, like, you know, the number three for many years, if he could stay healthy. Uh, and you look at, you know, like the, just the mishmash of pitching they put together, and you're like, man, they did it. You know, there may be like a couple, like a one and a two away from being like a really good team. Like, you don't have to worry about hitting anymore. Like, Young's coming up, like, they got all these guys. That's right. And it's, it's just kind of like, and they solved, they solved for that problem. 
And part of part of baseball should be like watching exciting players. Maybe they'll trade for Otani. You know what I mean? Like I don't think they're done yet. I think they're going to keep. I, I think they're going to keep building. They don't have the pieces to trade for. Otani. Sure they you know, do. Otani, they, gonna, they have. No, they don't. They have a good group of hitters in the farm system. Yeah, but they the Angels aren't going to trade the to the to a team in their division. Shohei Otani. I don't think anyone it's, cares about that division stuff anymore. Well, it, it actually does change a little bit with the change in schedule, but I, I don't know about that. But but either way, all right, it seems like we're all in on, on the Jacob deGrom. Are we all in on the Trey Turner to Philadelphia? Yeah. I, I mean, I love it, right? You have more <sighs> success than expected, at least for some people. I thought the Phillies were going to be at least decent. I didn't think they were going to be a, a, wild, a World Series team, that they were like a wild card team that get bounced by the Mets or the Dodgers or you know someone else in, in the postseason. But anything happens in the playoffs. I think it's great that they're just doing anything they can to get better. I think it's a team that needed to be more athletic up the middle. And now with Turner at short and then the Brandon Marsh trade they made at the deadline, they fixed some pretty big long-term flaws. They've got a lot of guys in place for a while. I also think with Harper having surgery, adding another great offensive player reduces the chances of you know a, a slow start in the first month and a half, two months, three months of the season when Harper is still working his way back from that. I was surprised they added Taiwan Walker. Not that, because Taiwan Walker is not good. I just, Dude, I just I didn't think that was the move that they much. necessarily needed because Wheeler, Nola, Ranger Suarez, it's a good trio. Andrew Painter might be one of the most Painter. big league ready prospects. Dude. So there, there's one of your guys right now that I think is going a little bit later than he probably should and draft and holds and in really early winter drafts that could come up and have a pretty prominent role because I think you can tell they are all in on this window. It's really the only way that Dave Dombrowski plays, yeah. but you know what? It works for him. He plays to his strengths, and I can respect that. I, I hate the Dombrowski way of going about it, and then he goes and does this, and it's like, well, God bless you, man. And Ellen Adair must be the happiest woman in in baseball because Trey Turner is not just the number one player in fantasy drafts i think outside of points leagues um but he's a phenomenal baseball player man like he's so good he adds so much to your team and i i love this play and i think his body ages beautifully in fact you know the bogart signing i would have i would have just done whatever i could if i was san diego to get him back because i was thinking to myself if you remember and we talked about this on the show years ago trey turner was originally drafted by the padres ends up getting traded before he reports, but can't get moved for like two months because for for whatever reasons there were. So he went through a spring training with the Padres. And then the Padres were like, uh, can we keep him? Can we give you whoever, anybody else you want? And the Nationals were like, no, 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 we're taking him. And like, yeah, but we'll give you this and this and this and, and $10 million. And they're like, no, thanks. Good to know. So I really thought the Padres had the opportunity to like go back on their mistake. I, I, I think. Trey Turner is just a beast. And I think, again, I think he's going to age well. I think he ends up maybe at second base or in the outfield, but he's going to, he's not going to lose his, was it, was that also a 10 year deal or an 11 year deal? Trey was also an 11 year deal. Yeah. So it'll take him to age 40. Look, I think this is great. There are a lot of, this is like, it's great. I love it. I really do. These guys deserve it too. And they're not doing like 11 years. I mean, Judge got paid the most because Judge just had the best season of anybody, right? In our lifetime. Best season of anyone in our lifetime outside of Barry Bonds. Did you read the Meredith Willis uh, report? I read a, yeah, I read a little bit. Uh, of that. Sounds a little suspect, man. Uh, Yankees using uh, balls different than everybody else's. 
right. I, I don't know what to say about that. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, 60, that's a rates and barrels. All I know is it's 62 home runs and he hit, I think he hit 300, whatever it was. It was, it was phenomenal. And he is a, he, he's back to Aaron Judge again. He's going to sell season tickets, man. He's going to, everyone who wears a jersey in that stadium is wearing an Aaron Judge jersey. He's the heart. That's why I said that to him. I was like, you've given so much more to this organization this organization has ever given to you. That was like the big moment for him where he was like, thank you. Someone finally said it. Was your brother like, sorry, your son? Was he just like, dad, stop talking to Aaron Judge. Like, you know what I mean? Like, was he just kind of like, oh, man, here we go again. Dad's talking to baseball players. A little bit more like that. I mean, I was in the front row. And and when you cup your hands like this, right, no one can hear you behind you. No one can hear you to the side. Well, the guy next to you heard it. Yeah, across the aisle, he could hear me. He could hear me. Um, but that's like 20 feet. He was 20 feet away from <laughs> me. What am I lied not going to talk to him? Someone's lied to you about this cupping the hands thing. All these private conversations <laughs> you thought you had. <laughs> no, it's, it's yeah. That's, that's pretty much true. No, it was great. It was so great. It was like the greatest. It was my favorite. Outside of winning World Series at Yankee Stadium, the old Yankee Stadium, uh, it was like the best night at Yankee Stadium ever. It was thrilling. It was absolutely thrilling. That's why Nicole's like, you're not going back. It'll just leave a, you know, it won't be as good. I was like, it won't be as good. There's no way. I'll not be in the front. I'm not going to get those seats again. Like, that's where I'm going to sit for the next nine years. Front row. I'm going to figure out how to get those seats and have a conversation. I'm going to become friends with Aaron Judge. I'm telling you that right now. Well, what year? <laughs> Probably. Uh, 2027. All right. By 2027, I will. I will. Uh, I'll get a I'll get a real handshake and a fist bump. Uh, maybe 2025. You're saying handshake and fist bump. I thought you were going to say like Fourth of July party. I'm going to be at Aaron Judge's house. Yeah, that's what I thought too. No, that's what I, I'm no, a non-disclosure. No, 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 probably not. No, I don't think. I, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm too dorky for that. He, he he'd be like, no, no, no dude. Hey, good to meet you. You're the. Oh, you're that guy. Oh, you're that guy. I'll be like, oh, I'm that guy. Yeah. It's I don't give everyone you, two man. taps on the heart. Right. I got two taps on the heart. I'm telling you, I'm going to send you guys after the show. I'll send you a little video of him uh, pointing to us. I would like to know, why don't you create a show? Right, we'll do that Hallmark movie and we'll cast Aaron Judge in it. And that's how you can become. <laughs> that's right. Then he'll invite me to his. Then he'll invite me to. You know what also I love? I love that he married his high school sweetheart. I love that he loves his family so much. I just love the guy. I mean, I, I would have been. I literally would have changed my relationship with baseball if he had gone to San Francisco. It would have. It definitely would have. Kenley Jansen to the Red Sox. Can we talk about the the Red Sox? Does it make DVR? Does it make sense to you what they're doing? Like, what does it look like they're doing? They signed the guy from Japan, whose name I don't know offhand. Gave him eighty five million. Well, it looks on the outside like Hyam Bloom and the Red Sox are trying to do the cost conscious big market thing. I just don't think that's going to fly in Boston. I don't think getting outbid by the Yankees and the Phillies and the Mets and the Padres for top prospects, I don't think that's going to work. I think that just gonna, it just makes the hot seat even hotter. I mean, it's possible that that they are under a direction in the front office from ownership to spend less money. And if that's the case and they still find a way to win, then that's that's the job. Then you're, you're great. You're, you're, your boss loves you and the fans kind of hate you, but you keep your job. So that's what it feels like they're doing. I know there were a lot of reporters on Twitter saying that the Red Sox were close on several players that went to other teams. Do you like hearing that when you root for a team? Does that make you feel good? Oh, my team was in it. Because I root for a team that's not in it for anybody, at least publicly. (laughs) 
And I, I don't like I don't know if I like the way that feels either. Like never being close is bad, but being close and not getting anyone seems worse. They offered they offered Bogart six years, one hundred sixty million. That's what they offered him. I, I wouldn't say that's close when the final is eleven and two eighty. It's not close. It's insulting, nope. is what it is. Look, it just makes Devers more like. I mean, <laughs> what Wilson wrote to me was, "Hey, we got a draft pick, man." Yeah, <laughs> he was like, "We we traded Mookie for the financial flexibility so we could offer Xander a deal." Oops! But now we get a and now we get a draft pick. It's like it's it's not a good day in in Boston. And Wilson was so merciless with me when they any time the Red Sox won a championship, he was so terrible that I am squeezing him right now, which is a new way of going about it. I'm not being a gentleman about it. I'm just sending him gifts of people laughing and like, so sorry. Shame for you. Sucks for that. Sorry, man. I just, I, I don't like the Red Sox and they, 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 they deserve everything they, they, they've got coming to them because they could have kept their team together. Mookie Betts should be, Mookie Betts should not be in the Los Angeles Dodgers. He should not. He's the best player in baseball by war over the last five seasons. They traded him away for, I think it was fair to say, a much less than stellar return. And in Absolutely. the name of financial flexibility, you are the Boston Red Sox. You don't yep. need financial flexibility. You are one of the franchises that can print money. Huge mistake. Huge Colossal mistake. mistake. You do not, do not trade a player like that away and come away with underwhelming long-term players in return. And they're doubling down now by losing Xander Bogarts, and now they're going to lose Rafael Devers. Devers is going to leave. You know, they're going to end up trading. Probably they'll end up trading Devers at the deadline to a team. Um, and then, as you said, DVR, San Diego is showing that you don't need to be the biggest market to compete in baseball. And these baseball teams are making money. So if you're a fan of a team that isn't spending any money, like they're, you know, they're they're screwing you. They're screwing your your fan base. You know, Hal Steinbrenner gets a tip of the hat from me because he didn't need to. He could have let him go for nine years, nine years, 360 million. Someone would have said, like they said about DeGrom. Well, we don't want to pay that. We don't we don't want the end of that contract. He was like, no, I want him. We want him. We're going to keep him. Go find out what you make on the on the on the market. And then I will match that. That's right. It worked out just kind of just just perfectly. I don't know if Bloom is going to last to the point where they can do something with Devers. When you say Devers, I think you're saying Diver. Devers. Diver. Devers. Diver. Diver. So, differing organization. <laughs> I'm going to read this next thing on the on the list. Differing organizational philosophies make baseball real baseball fun, just as differing philosophies and roster construction make fantasy baseball fun. DVR, what do you mean by that? I think it's very good for all of us as fans of baseball when there's the old school Dave Dombrowski GM, like that mindset pushing back against the some of the smaller market and, and analytics first tactics. I'm obviously not anti-analytics. I think you need scouting, you need analytics, you need you need all of those things to be successful, right? But if everybody at the table, if every team had a group of people in their front office that thought the exact same way and modeled players the exact same way and behaved the exact same way, it would turn into this really boring sort of stalemate. It's good that you have some teams willing to take on more risk. And I think in fantasy, you see people who are willing to go with the pocket aces strategy. They're willing to go maybe Colin, Colin Burns might be a thing you can do at the end of the first round you of totally the draft can, this yeah. year. That's, yes, a, that's, that's a pretty exciting pocket aces combo. You could do something like that. People are willing to do that. I know Toby, Batflip Crazy on Twitter has been doing that for a few years. 
that's become a more popular strategy. Some people hate that strategy and will never do it. Some people like early closers. Some people hate early closers. Some people want to get their speed right away. Some people say you don't have to get your speed right away. And to varying degrees, depending on how well you do everything on draft day, a lot of those strategies, most of those strategies can actually work. And I think that's great. I start to wonder this time of year, should we should we look at a team like the Rangers giving Jacob DeGrom a five-year deal and say, maybe DeGrom is actually a good value for us this year Absolutely. around pick 35 or pick 40? Should that give us more confidence? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. It should move him up to the second round for me. It, it, it might. It, I, I think a, a team, I always look at the contracts. The contracts tell me. Now, Taiwan Walker, four years, 72 million. I don't know about all that, to be honest. Similarly with Jamison Tyone, though, him going to be the ace of that staff might be interesting. But when a when a guy who's especially dealing with injury issues gets a contract like that, it means that there is a team that has to have checked him out, right? I mean, you don't make that offer to a guy who might still have a TJ surgery ahead of him again, right? Like the 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 medicals have to have to work out, right? If you knew he needed it right now, you wouldn't make a five. You wouldn't make offer. that deal. No way, no chance. So that says to me that they go into it thinking that on opening day, Jacob Degrom is going to be on that mound, and if that's the case, I don't know, maybe not second round, not not with the way pitchers are being pushed up, pushed back in drafts, right? Because they're, I mean, well, I without can, without the shift now this year, I think you got to actually be way more careful about pitchers. I mean, like if you you got to look at the teams that shifted a ton and discount those pitchers now and go after the mm. pitchers who are on teams that did. like if you want to go year over year stats. I mean, if we're going to be like, hey, Joey Gallo is going to be amazing this year, you know, two fifty average. Who uh, said that? Well, no, if anyone, yeah, I'm just picking a guy who got shifted against a lot. You're saying that because I drafted him in the XFL. Oh, look at that! Because See? I believe that. Yes. All right, yeah. So, yes. so you got to do the opposite. I mean, like I assume Justin Verlander. Playing for the Houston Astros, like a, you know, well, I don't know if the new Dusty Baker regime is the same, but think of a team that's sat heavy, a pitcher who's been amazing, who took advantage of the shift. You got to change that year over year. That's a big thought that we're having now. No, I don't even know how I feel about all this. So I, that's why. So the teams that were kind of like dumb and not really stats and analytically <laughs> inclined, I'm. Uh, those guys will be. Well, I'm those looking at those pitchers. Yeah, I'm looking at those pitchers a little more now. Like Shohei Otani mm-hmm. might be the guy. Wait a minute. The dumb teams don't get better, though, because of this. They're just less comparatively bad than they were. I'm saying you could trust you could trust the pitcher numbers more. Well, I think it, it, it comes back to how much do you trust those smart teams to still make some adjustments? You still get to choose where players play with yeah. a clear restriction. But the, the Dodgers are probably a great example of this. And Tony Gonsolin is the first pitcher that popped into my head, Nando, when you brought this up. He's hard to trust anyway, just because relative yeah. to his strikeout rate and, and even his walk rate, but mostly his strikeout rate, you look at him and say, okay, he's a good pitcher, but a 214 ERA last season, a, a whip well below one, we're not expecting that again. But I'm not buying a 437 ERA and a 132 whip like Steamer spitting out either, because there are things teams do defensively, even with these restrictions, I think are going to help some pitchers more than others. The Dodgers still, I, I would expect, as a team, will have a better BABIP than most other clubs. They will turn more balls into play, in play into outs than many other teams. They will find ways to position guys still in optimal spots, even if, because of the shift rules, BABIPs go up league-wide, including theirs, right? I, I think that's a, is that a reasonable way to think about this? Mm-hmm. 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 I'd like to hear what Eno has to say. All right. 
No, I'm I'm, no. I, <laughs> Go ahead. Bring him in. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely. The, the thing I'm always going back to now is strikeouts. It's just I want, I want guys who miss bats. I mean, hey, there's a headline for you. Find guys who miss bats. Uh, Rob Mershak, oh, and I did one NFBC 150, uh, just because I was so like stressed out over work and then work ended and I was like, all right, I need to get my head out of this job that I've been doing for so long. I need like a break. So let's just do do a draft. It was really interesting to see um how how people are drafting these days. And I don't know if it has to do with the rule changes. I don't know how the rule changes are going to shift things. I, I think it, it, they are going to shift things. But I also think like in for the Joey Gallo, if I'm if I'm a team, I consider doing taking the left fielder and put him in, putting him in the place that used to put the second baseman in short right field, because there's no rule against that. There's no rule about having um, to, you know, how many outfielders you have to have in their spots, just the infielders. So I, I think it, it might still, it might still, they might still find their way to being able to make this work for pitchers and, and, and for the shift. But Hey, I'll tell you, I had a, it was really fun to do the, the 150. Could we, could we look at some of the late guys and the Nando guys? Nando, do you have any guys that you're sort of on your way with right now? Other CJ Abrams? I don't, I don't yet. I've got guys who I've liked for like the last couple of years who are still low. Um, like I think Spencer Howard's going to be a Nando guy. Depend. Like I got to check it, you know, what's going on with his shoulder, which is where we left mm-hmm. him last. Um, yeah, so I have my, my typical Nando guys, but I haven't, like, I don't develop that, those weird obsessions and crazy loves until like January, February when I have to start actually where is, stuff. Where is Cody Bellinger and Anthony Rendon on your, on both of your guys love list? Bellinger, I, I, I can't trust unless he, unless he goes so far down, like he's down in the 14th round. round. Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah, All right. That's ding. I'm in. Both of those guys are 14th round right now. He might be a guy who got his head screwed up because of the shift and he might be fine now. Be like, all right, now let's do this. I'm I'm taking revenge on all of you. DVR. Cody Bellinger. I'm actually higher on Anthony Rendon relative to Bellinger. At least if the cost and the cost is similar, like you said, Mm Mm-hmm. Because I think Anthony Rendon has skills that age in a way that's generally more predictable. I think you can pretty easily explain what's happened to him these last couple seasons with the Angels. Injury, major injury. Bellinger, it was injury at first. And then by most accounts, he seemingly has been healthy and just trying to figure it out. Struggling with certain pitch types. It's really, It's really bizarre. And I think this kind of pushes into the what teams do influences me, and I'm not sure how much it should. Like, I think the Dodgers are brilliant. They are a smart team. They find lots of ways to unearth talent. They they get relievers off the scrap heap. They get some position players off the scrap heap. Go back to Justin Turner a few years ago. They couldn't fix Cody Bellinger. And if they couldn't fix Cody Bellinger, should I be optimistic that the Cubs can? I thought the Cubs were going to get a lot out of Clint Frazier. Now Jackson Frazier. But Clint Frazier. I liked that move a year ago. Yep. And they got nothing out of him. And they're different players, totally different players. Cody Bellinger had an MVP peak. I don't know if he gets all the way back there. I don't know if he's the same guy he was in 2022. But if I'm only choosing one, I actually like Rendon more. And I think you could probably justify putting both in the same roster because they're risky in different ways. Bellinger at least runs. His defense keeps him in the lineup. Who's going to push him for playing time for the Cubs? Is he Jason Hayward? It just hit me because he's going to the Cubs. 
is it is he like Jason Hayward? I mean, he's not going to be as expensive as Jason Hayward, but he's going to be the starting center fielder. He's going to be fourth, fifth, sixth on that team, third maybe even. But I don't is he think gone? he is. Is he, uh, is he? is he? Is he? Is he just done? I I don't think he is either. I actually he had that, think he had that weird shoulder thing. Uh, you know that yeah, that, that that's kind of like runs concurrently with his dip in production, like when he popped his shoulder out in the World Series against the wall and stuff. Or celebrating or something? Yeah, celebrating. Yeah. It was celebrating. That was so yeah, bad. The arm, arm five, which just looks like it. It looks like it, it hurts looks like it even when hurt. you do it right. Like it, even if you don't dislocate your shoulder, it just looks <laughs> like it would feel terrible on your elbow. Like every single time, maybe, maybe my arms just aren't strong enough. It's an interesting area. The thirteenth, fourteenth round. I'm gonna read it for everybody. Cabr- Edward Cabrera, Andres Munoz, who at first pitch Arizona, uh, Doug Dennis did a love letter to Andres Munoz. Uh, Josh Naylor, who will never be on a team of mine again after his what he did to the Yankees. I just hated that so much. I thought it was just crap. Jordan Montgomery, Luis Arias, your, boy, your guy. Uh, Jeff McNeil, Brandon Nimmo. Ooh, Brandon Nimmo. I like him. That's late for uh, Nimmo, Br- actually. It, well, it is, but it's not an OBP league. He's so much better in OBP. Brady Singer, Jose LeClerc, Chris Sale, late. Whit Merrifield, late. Travis Darno, John Gray, your boy. That's late, Al- actually. And that's not. No, it's not. Yes, it John is. Gray. No, it's not. Yeah, man. Yes, it 13th is. 13th round is just right. D- DBR, can you help me out here? Because our friend Jason Collette paid up for him in XFL, and, and people were going nuts for John Gray. And I'm like, how are you going nuts for John Gray? Like, what has he shown us? Like, if we were going to see it, wouldn't we have seen it out of course for the first year? But what am I, am I missing something there, DBR? 113 whip is the Elite. sneaky ratios big jump. I think that's that's where he looks kind of like a top twenty pitcher in that category. A top twenty pitcher really? in that in that category. The, okay. A one thirteen whip for a starter is a big it's deal. Really he can, if yeah. he does that for one hundred and seventy five innings, how many which, strikeouts did he have? What was one hundred thirty four? He was over over a strikeout per inning, which is still pretty consistent with what he's done. The ceiling is still an SP two. You can draft him like a Damn, four, guys. I mean, hey, take him in the fourteenth, man. This is great. We've uncovered a gem. I like him where he's going. I don't know if I'd love him if he jumps up three or four rounds. I might be out then, but I, I think he's totally fine to draft where he's going. All right, I'm at, I, I, all right. I'm wrong. You guys are right. Plus, he was hurt. You got to think like 25 of those innings were him pitching hurt. So he, he's yeah. missed. Yeah, he's missed a good bit of time. You go back through 2019, right? 150 innings, 149 in his last season in Colorado, and then 127 in the third. He even missed some time in the shortened season too. But I, I think you look at him and, and Andrew Heaney. He has even more risk and Degrom, like they're making a big bet on oft injured pitchers being more healthy than injured. I yeah. want to see how that plays out. I mean, you know, I was sort of excited about Heaney, and I finally met James Anderson. Ding at first pitch Arizona. Believe it or not, we had never met each other. Wow, that blows my mind. Like not at Tell Wars or something. That is no, crazy. no, we had never, we had never met, and you know, we were very close friends, and we like hung out, and it was the day of the XFL draft. And I'm sitting there. I was working my tail off. I was like in my hotel room. I also needed a rest because I was so tired from work. But um, I was just spending my whole time prepping for this auction where I get to sit next to Ryan Bloomfield um, and Tristan Cockroft. Uh, DVR was was not there. So was Ryan Ariel was, was Ariel Cohen there? 
Oh, yeah, Ariel Cohen was definitely there. I, I, in fact, uh, after I had to check out of my room, I, I stayed in Ariel Cohen's room, and it was really great. In fact, I went to Ariel Cohen's son's bar mitzvah. Yeah, that's right, his bar mitzvah. I went to it uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. It was really fun. It was really good, really good. Then I had to leave because I was worried about COVID, but, you know, it was, it was, it was really good. It was really, really, really delightful. Yeah, Ariel's son did a wonderful job. He, not bad is what Ariel kept saying. Um, sorry about that, guys. Just had to do it one one last time, baby. One last time. I guarantee you that will not be the last time you do that. <laughs> no, all right, bro. Well, you know, um, I guarantee you'll do that eight or more, eight or nine more times today. <laughs> no, that's it for today. Well, that's I, I got to go to the game to see Aaron Judge. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> was that your version of it? Anyway, no. so about Andrew <laughs> Heaney. talking to your wife. So- <laughs> I can imagine you arguing back at her. It's Ariel Cohen. It's Ariel Cohen. See, now I'm going to do it again. I, I, you know, I, I, no, no. Aaron. Um, so we were, I was sitting with James and we were talking about Andrew Heaney. I was like, the numbers are good, man. He goes, he looks at me just in this very now I know James Anderson way. Which like, it looks right through it. He said, he never pitches more than 100 innings. And I went, good point. Yeah, I let him go. I didn't. I didn't. We didn't. We didn't get him because you can't trust the. Which is what DVR is saying is that there's there's a there's a health issue there that's just going to live. It's just a health issue that's going to live. But um, yeah, that's so okay. Rendon Grayson Rodriguez is there. My only concern about Andrew Painter is he's sort of where Grayson Rodriguez was last year, right? And then these, these young pitchers, man, they get hurt. It's very rare that they Alec Manoa themselves. Um, How about Nate Pearson? Speaking of Alec Manoa, man, boy, boy, have I never, have I never owned him in a dynasty league? And I, I grabbed him in leagues for years, like the end of drafts. And I think that's, I think, I think that experiment is done. Jonathan India, Charlie Morton, Josh Bell, Lars Newtbar, Joey Manessis, John Birdie, yeah, boy, Alex Verdugo, I kind of like. Um, Drew Rasmussen, who's weirdly Taiwan Walkerish, but not making that kind of money. Ryan McMahon, who I still don't get. And as we wrap under the radar here, Ryan McMahon is still a guy I just don't get. Riley Green, who is uh, maybe he's is he a, is he a buy low this year? DVR, would you say? Would you, do you believe in that? Do you think that that might work out? Yeah, I think so. I, the main thing I look at with a player that young, with a hitter, is do they make good swing decisions and can they hit the ball hard? And Riley Green does both of those things. So you, you can look at those skills. There's not really anything in the organization to push him for playing time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With any young player, yes, if he struggles enough, he can go down to AAA for a little while. You could lose playing time by performance. But there's more good in that profile. I would actually be in, especially at that price. Again, oh, f- uh, outfield four, outfield five, outfield five. I like him as an outfield five. Maybe a little bit of everything, categorically speaking. Yeah, too. Let's give you give you eight stolen bases, maybe. Love it. I, I'll, eight eight steals are great. Eight steals are great. Uh, Nando, you you in on Riley Green? I am, but I think I'm more in on Spencer Torkelson. Where's Torkelson ADP wise? Yeah, are people are, yes, are, yes, are yes. people giving up on him, or do you think he'll be like that late? I March we grabbed push? him. We grabbed him in the 18th round. Golly, man! Um, pick 300 or so on the overall ADP. That's right now. crazy. Yeah. He, there's no way he la- he'll be like 180 by the time March 31st rolls around. Oh well, maybe if a big spring he could. If he has a big spring, you are right. But otherwise, you know, you struggle like that. But no, we we took uh, Kellenic and Torkelson. Where's Ke- where's Kellenic, man? Like what? Nah. He's also three hundred. Hey, we got him in the seventeenth round. Yeah, we got him in the seventeenth round, and we got Torkelson in the eighteenth round. Wow. 
I wonder if Kellenic was just Mets fans being, you know, like New York media catching like all these angry Mets fans. And no, he's-, he's just young, man. He's still a baby. He strikes me as somewhat immature and that he needs to grow up a little bit. He's got time. He's, he's got time. He's got some time. See, now once I do REL, I do that little halting thing. Ah, oh, jeez. <laughs> the cadence is flawless, but it comes at a steep price. It does. It comes at a steep price. And speaking of a steep price, we should share some news because uh, we we're, we don't have that much time left today before we all got to run off to our other duties. Who's going to do this? This is your idea. You go ahead and do it. All right. <laughs> it wasn't really your idea. It wasn't, but I'll, I'll take it. This is going to be our last episode of Under the Radar. Unfortunately, we are, I mean, it's a weird thing to say, but kind of canceled. Uh, it's very sad. It's been, a, it's been a sad, like, I would say, has it been like a month since we kind of found this out? Has it been? Yeah, I think so. I have no concept of time anymore, so. <laughs> yeah, right, children, children. A little bit more yeah, than a month. Yeah, sure, m- yeah, a month. A little bit more than a month, actually. Yeah, it's been about five, six weeks, and I've personally gone through a real kind of evolution about it. Of like kind of pissed and then kind of sad and then kind of like, okay, fine. All right. And then kind of sad again and then kind of resigned and then uh, shifting stuff. So uh, in my own heart and in my own head. But but what I'll say is for me, it's been a wonderful four years of of playing, of, of doing the show with you guys. And uh, I really I've, I've enjoyed it and had some of my happiest moments. And certainly during the pandemic. It was such a uh, a feeling of connection with friends, and uh, and so it's going to change a lot of things for me personally. And actually, I'll just share where they are. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna shift my focus when in regards to fantasy baseball a little bit because when you do a show like this, you really at least for me I'm gonna speak for myself. I always wanted to be on top of everything and make sure that like I didn't ever not know what the frick I was talking about, you know. And, and it kind of bled into my world of fantasy baseball. Where I was like, I want to be the best. I want to do this. I want to be the, you know, I want to score. I want to win. And what it's going to kind of do for me, I think, with the, the intensity of my job, which has taken on so much more intensity through the court and, and success has been a very successful time for me. I'm going to just be refocusing my life a little bit, a little bit more away from fantasy baseball, taking it away from it being sort of a job and an obsession to maybe something that's a little bit more fun. I even said to my wife the other day, I was like, you know, I might not play at all next year. And she was like, uh, no, you have to play fantasy baseball. Uh, because you First need you that fire meat. Agnes, now you quit fantasy baseball. <laughs> not fire Agnes. No, I really did. And I was I was sort of like, maybe I'll just stop. Maybe I'll, and, and so what I've decided is kind of split the middle because I'm not going to have an affiliation this year. I'll take the year off from, uh, take a sabbatical from fantasy baseball sort of high end. Um, and I'm not going to do the industry leagues, uh, and I'll just stick with leagues that I have fun with, with, with friends, uh, like, um, Mershak and I share a team and Wilson and I share a team and, um, and I have my, my friends and family league that I'll, that I'll keep going. And hopefully it looks like I'm going to be staying in Maki as well with my friend, Chris Dolan and, and my partner, Steve Gardner and I have been, uh, working our tails off on this XFL team. And we're ready to see how it goes. But So basically, you're quitting the only team that you have with Dr. Thomas Scott, our pediatrician of the year, two years in a row. Dr. Thomas Scott had the opportunity to take over the Maki team, and he didn't want to grab it. And then Chris, and I didn't, I didn't really want to leave a league that it just didn't feel right. So Chris wants to do it, and I really like Chris a lot. I've talked about him a lot on the show. 
And so like we're gonna we're gonna share the the Maki team. Um, what I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna do Tout Wars this year. I'm not gonna do Labor, and I'm not gonna do the NFBC. Um, I'm just it, the intensity of the August, September, October experience combined with the intensity of my work. It was just too much. And there's a certain point where it's like <laughs> diminishing returns to a certain extent where it's like, you know, what is it all for? Like, I want to be, I want to be the best. I want to be the best. Okay. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't change your life much. <laughs> it just doesn't. You know? I know. And, I was going to tell you that. I could have told yeah, you that. Yeah, you could, but you could have told me that. But, um, but so, yeah, so it's been an interesting kind of evolution. Uh, I'm sad that I'm not going to be, be working with you guys every week uh, and talking about baseball, but we'll, you know, we'll hang out ourselves as buds and we'll hop on the phone and Nando will make fun of me, you know, just on the phone like he always does. I don't do that on yeah. personal calls. Yeah, you do. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, you do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you do. But uh, so it's it's an interesting it's an interesting feeling, but feel good about it now. I'm like at a place of kind of like, all right, we'll do it this way. I just want to have fun with the game, you know, not not fight so hard. Don't need to fight so hard. Don't need to be like, oh, I gotta gotta win, gotta win, gotta win. No, nah, just enjoy the game. You know, if Judge signed with San Francisco, I was out. <laughs> Seriously, I would have been like, <laughs> screw it, I don't care. So I got Judge on all the my fantasy on all my dynasty teams, and I was like, I'm not gonna watch. You know, who cares? But uh, but I I love doing the show. And at the end, I think we're going to say some of our favorite things about Under the Radar. So I'm going to save that part. Uh, DVR, you have any thoughts you want to share? This is hard because the three of us are, are close friends. We've done this show for four years. It's a lot of time to put into any project. I think we all love doing this. And I think it, it was also one of those kind of crossroads for a lot of us with personal stuff where a lot's changing for each of the three of us. And uh, this is one of those like harder decisions that had to be made that you accept it because you can understand it, but it's still, it doesn't make it hurt any less. I, I think one thing that we're, we're all kind of bad at, not the three of us, but people in general are not always good at explaining how much they appreciate their friends, the people they work with. Um, and I'm truly lucky to have done this show with both of you guys for the last four years. I think you both elevate me as a person in ways that many of my other friends don't. Um, and I just appreciate that. You guys are, are very positive and, and Nando's energy, it, it's infectious. I could wake up yeah. exhausted at <laughs> 645 in the morning and getting the <laughs> Derek Van Riper, like that just gets me going. That makes me smile every single time. Ian, your insight and the way you play the game makes me a better player. It makes me think about the game in ways that I never had before. So there's just nothing but gratitude to both of you for all the time, all the effort that you've spent making this show what it's been. I know people are going to be bummed when they hear this. This it, it's like I said, it, it's hard. It's hard to move on from something that you enjoy doing. Um, and as you think about your your favorite moments on this show, you know, tweet at us. Use the hashtag #GoodbyeUTR. I, Sounds like someone's just gotten treated for a disease. <laughs> what? But goodbye, a, UTR. Yeah, it sounds like someone's like took a, a week of pills. Grills. Yeah, and they got rid of their urinary tract. No, it's good. It's good. I like it. Goodbye, UTR. Yeah, it is. I'm glad the show's not like under the iceberg or something. Because then it'd be goodbye, <laughs> UTI, which does sound like right, a uh, prescription it's been drug. A good run. Slogan, it's been a good run. We've done. Been, I mean, it's it, been it, been great. Yeah, people like, and I know, I know people will be uh, sad about it, uh, but. We've loved doing it, and we've loved hearing you guys uh, reach out to us about it. Nando, you have any thoughts? Uh, you know, like I, I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve on the show a lot, so I love how you guys covered for me every time I had a baby. 
means a lot. <laughs> I would like to <laughs> shout out too. all those one-star reviews that blamed Ian and not me. Yep, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's why we're gone. <laughs> I'm sure Ian was. I think that was the key. <laughs> that was it. Someone took a look at the one-star reviews about Ian. They're like, they're like, get rid of this guy. We got to get rid of this show. I feel like we had the uh, same amount of one-star reviews. We basically were blamed for tarnishing Derek Van Riper's reputation. Uh, maybe not true at all <laughs> thank you and one thank you to all of our guests who've come on the show through the years Ariel Co- off the top of my head Glenn Colton Ariel Cohen Alex Cushing Patrick Davitt Mike the Mouth uh, Mike the Mouth Mike the Mouth uh, Mike the Mouth came on did a, did a fantastic job on the show um, were there other ones who, who else I think Joel Pinero yeah. covered for you one week yeah Joel Pinero yeah. that's right Joel Pinero so just thank- casually came on to our and podcast it, and if we know? forgot you if we, I say Glenn Colton right Glenn Colton yeah, we didn't bang uh, this the was desk. Great, that's man. why I don't remember. I know. Well, that's yeah. why I bang the desk now. It, it's been a, it's been an, an amazing ride, and I think some of the favorite things about Under the Radar is uh, is sometimes after we get off the show and we kind of stay on for an extra twenty minutes, thirty minutes, and then I was like, I gotta go. I know I gotta go. I'm, I know I gotta. I gotta get the magazine out. I gotta get this out. I gotta. You know. So uh, <laughs> shout out to Steve G and Steve G. By the way, yes, yeah, Steve G's, G's. Yep, all the G's. So, but thank you guys, and thank you for thank you for listening for all this time. I know when I called Mershak, and he was like, "Oh no, that's too bad. That's a shame." And Chris Dolan the same. Um, but you, d- fortunately, you get to hear us. Uh, I, I'm going to take a break. I'm I'm going to be. I'm going to go. I'm going under the radar for a little while. Yeah, for December, January, and February. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. And, you know, I may, may be too sad to to not do it, but I, I have a good, I, I do believe that where we put our energy in life grows. I really do believe that. And um, I've had a amazing time putting so much of my life and energy into fantasy baseball that I'm curious to see what happens when, and again, I'm not leaving fantasy baseball completely. I'm still going to be playing. I'm still going to be watching. I'm still going to be looking at the box scores and still playing with my friends, but I'm going to take the foot off the pedal of, uh, trying to you know try to make a name for myself i think that's you know it's fine it's good i got other uh, i got other wars to fight we can get that fswa award yeah ian doesn't want to submit canceled the show. shows don't canceled shows don't. that's you're an ass to the actor in you talking yeah maybe cup your hands <laughs> together go, go in the mirror and cup your hands together and say i can win this fswa award well i can well, beat we'll rates and barrels that. this year no, nah, Rates and Barrels, great show. Great shows all around. There's some there's some there's wonderful content all over the industry, uh, doing great stuff. And thank you guys. Thank you, Nando, for you know, all those years ago saying, you know, you're pretty good. We should do a show. <laughs> and then for bringing DVR on to be our uh <laughs> our in our very first episode, DVR was just pretty much the producer. And then uh I forget who it was. It was like, hey, I listen to your show. Why Why isn't DVR? He's smarter than both of you guys. Why isn't he talking more? And, and then Nando's like, you know, maybe we should make DVR like our third co-host. And then it became the perfect ciabatta sandwich, you know, with the meat and the cheese of Nando and Ian and then the perfect ciabatta bread with DVR around us. So it's been a it's been a great run. And uh, take us out. Take us out, Nando. Oh, we still had uh, finding balance and joy in playing fantasy baseball. I wanted to get to that. I- I think that was. I know. Me I'm just kidding. About- I know. I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hold on. I want to talk about Luis Robert uh, real quick. I'm joking. <laughs> I was just thinking that like my favorite moment. I think it was a recurring moment on the show. Favorite moments, plural, is when Nando has uh, a very lofty projection for a player that he really <laughs> likes, and Ian and I both simultaneously uh, are just like. Uh, 
mm. just kind of have that that like are you gonna mm. tell him am i gonna tell him like who's gonna, who's gonna try and let our friend down easy here that that mm. rylan bannon can't do the 330 homers 100 rbis 100 runs and 10 steals this year it's funny he's an astro now though, he's been so. on like seven teams this offseason i feel bad for him. hey he's don't feel bad he 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 will make it he will be he will be the guy that's awesome that's yeah that's heartening all right let's get out of here uh, for the man who now has definitively chosen Eno over us, Derek <laughs> Oh man, that is the best possible burn to go out. <laughs> Hashtag goodbye UTR again. It's been a pleasure doing this show with each of you for the last four years. For the other guy who hasn't been this upset since he. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be bad. No, never mind. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, go for it. No, it, was hand, edit. it was a handcuffing joke, and people, you're going to take it seriously and ask us to cut it out. So go yeah. ahead, go, no, go, 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 go for it. The man who hasn't felt this bad about a cancellation since Marty Decker was mauled by a pack of wolves in con. <laughs> it's true, actually. That one was worse. To be honest, that one was way worse. <laughs> we love you all. Thank you all for listening for all these years. Uh, you know, Netflix, save us. Uh, we'll come over there and do the show. Bye, everybody. Good talk. Good talk. Bye. Bye.